It is Locked On Jazz for the 17th of May. Danny Ainge's career broken into four parts, and we look at parts one and two today. From the rebuild to the championship, what can we learn about Ainge's moves and what type of confidence we have about him as a leader? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. You go to your go to your app store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So I have dug into Danny Ainge's career, broken it up into four segments, and found some common threads to his career. Today we'll look at segments one and two which are the rebuild and the championship. Tomorrow we'll look at the fleece and the contender and look at that, which may turn out to be another championship the way the Celtics are going right now. And we'll look at how he's done it, what he did, how he built these teams up and how they relate to what we think he might do with the Utah Jazz. There are common threads throughout this with Danny Ainge. And the common threads are the following. He spans the years. He alters the type of players he gets as his years continue. He grabs and is willing to draft and sign different types of players, really impressively. He fits different types of players into different realms at the right time. He has a great value to add fringe value to the back end of picks, and he has three of the greatest fleeces of all time. And the last one is in his drafting. He doesn't always hit, but he almost never misses. And I'll explain that. And that's, those are the themes to what we're going to see over the next two days with Danny Ainge's track record as an executive. And now the question is, as we run through this, what does it mean for the Utah Jets? What does it mean for a team that in three of the last five years has gotten knocked out in the first round, has two of the top 20 players in the NBA who are still pretty young, particularly Donovan. And what does it mean that he's going to do with that franchise? Is he most likely to rebuild? Is he most likely to start to uh, unload one? Is he most likely to add to the puzzle with some significant piece? And it's going to be, a you know, it's not all the exact same, but we'll try to figure that out. Thanks very much for tuning in. If you have any comments as we go along on this and you're watching on YouTube, please add them. Comments do a great job or hit the like button. That helps us out a great deal. 
the second angle on it is if you're listening on our podcast player, thank you very much. And a five-star review would be greatly appreciated if you think it's worthy. Good morning to the crew. Yorgis in Greece, Dallin, Mike, the Maverick fans that are still lingering. Uh, Nick and Isaac, I have not listened to the Game 7 Post podcast yet from the Mavericks, but they are certainly a lot of fun. All right, so let's break this down. The, the first thing that Danny Ainge does is he st- starts in 2003, which is kind of the most remarkable part. And his first two draft picks, he immediately trades Troy Bell and Dante Jones for Kendrick Perkins and Marcus Banks. What's Perkins, the 28th pick, it turns out to be a 16-year NBA career and part of their championship teams, and he takes them, he takes them out of high school. It's, it's an incredible pick. Banks goes on to a 10-year career. He's an average player. Um, but again, as you'll see as the theme, if you go back and look at that draft of 2013, the pick after the 13th pick, there really isn't anything. Frankly, Kendrick Perkins probably comes out to be one of the next best picks. So in 2003, Danny Ainge has a team that's Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, Tony Batie, Tony Delk, and they win 44 games, and he starts the rebuild the next year by trading Antoine Walker. And he's going to build it around a 26-year-old Paul Pierce. Now, that to me is a little interesting, right? Because Paul Pierce, when Danny Ainge takes over in 2003-2004, is in his fifth year in the NBA. He's averaging 25 point, 26 points a game. He's averaged 20-plus his three previous years. What about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell's in his fifth year in the league. He's averaging 26 years old and he's or 26 points a game and he's 25 years old. So this is the first parallel that's really interesting. And at the point in which Danny Ainge takes over for the, the Dallas Mavericks or for the Dallas Mavericks, for the Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce has been a two-time or three-time All-Star. Exactly exactly the same stage of his career as where Donovan Mitchell is. Pierce is 6'7", 235. Donovan's not. I don't know if that matters. But that's the biggest difference between those two. Otherwise, their careers are almost parallel at this point. In 2003... He just starts moving the chairs, Ainge does. Okay? he He's going to build around Pierce. He acquires Ricky Davis and Chris Mim. He trades Batie. He trades a bunch of pieces. He trades Tony Delk. He gets Rafe LaFrance. And he just starts picking up on the backside of all of these deals little tiny value pieces. And this is the one I would watch with Danny Ainge as he, you know, does things for the Utah Jazz. And that is the tiny little trades that add pieces. Like, they don't seem anything like it, but, you know, he's trading Tony Batiste, Kedrick Brown, Eric Williams, 
and he gets Ricky Davis, Chris Mim, and Ricky Davis turns out to be kind of a key piece for them. But on the back end, he gets a second-round pick who turns out to be Ryan Gomes, a name that will matter a little bit later. He trades uh, Mike James to Detroit with all sorts of pieces, and he picks up a 2004 first-round pick that later becomes Tony Allen. He's just moving chairs, but he keeps picking up fringe pieces. He hires Doc Rivers, and then he goes into the – Jim O'Brien's been fired, and he goes into the next draft. And what's so interesting to me, he drafts three players who all have good NBA careers, Al Jefferson, Delonte West, and Tony Allen. Delonte West and Tony Allen, by the way, are pieces that he picked up in trades already. He traded Tony Delk and Antoine Walker to Dallas for Ray LaFrance, and on the backside, he got a first-round pick. So here, all of a sudden, here's Danny in the beginning of the rebuild, and he's got himself three first-round picks, and he drafts a high school, old-school post player. Delonte West is an old third-year, three-year college small school player, and then Tony Allen's an older 22-year-old kind of mercurial dude out of Oklahoma State. Three very different players all seemingly having their own value in their own way. And it's one of the signatures of a Danny Ainge team or Danny Ainge moves that there's no, like, I have to get the 6'8", 220 guy who's 18. There's no model to his drafting style as we see throughout this. And he continues to just kind of piece this apart. Take these little pieces. So he pulls off those three picks and then he trades Chris Mim and he gets Rick Fox and Gary Payton and he gets a 2016 first round pick, which actually he circles back to buy at a later day. And they win 45 games that year and they're out in the first round, um, but they're solid. But that's not really what he wants. He, he doesn't really need them to be solid. So then he goes back to the drafting board and he drafts Gerald Green, who's an 18 year old high school athlete. So he drafted Al Jefferson, who's an 18-year-old big kind of traditional back-to-the-basket old school. And then he drafts Gerald Green with the 18th pick. And actually, Gerald Green, if you're really honest, doesn't pan out great in his career. But for for Danny Ainge, you'll see he serves his purpose. And so this is stage one of the rebuild. And now the team, he's made a trade for Wally Zerbiak. And the team is Paul Pierce, Wally Zerbiak, Ricky. He trades for Paul Pierce. And he get, he actually, this would be like the one move in this process in 2005 where they've lost for a year. I'm sure things have amped it up on Boston. And I would almost argue, I'd be curious to talk to Danny about this. I almost feel like there's a minor panic move here. He trades to go get Wally Zerbiak and he gives up a first round pick and he dodges a bullet because Minnesota misses on the pick and takes Johnny Flynn. But the pick could have been Steph Curry for Wally Zerbiak. And then Ainge is on the wrong side of one of the fleeces of all time. So I'd be curious to talk to him about that. They win 33 games. And, you know, it doesn't, like he doesn't really, it's not going anywhere yet. And he makes this trade. And it makes me wonder if he felt a little... Hey, first-time executive building this thing. We haven't won in a little while. Boston, it's heating it up. And the rebuild's not going anywhere if he felt a little bit of angst at that moment. Because that that trade 
for Wally Zerbiak. He trades Marcus Banks, who we t- he drafted originally. <laughs> and this is the other one you'll see a signature is he always trades the right guy. <laughs> like the guys he has, he trades the right guy. He gets criticized a lot later in his career for not making moves. And he might, you know, not moving Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He may have been right. That might have to be part three of this series is going back through all the moves he got criticized for not making and wondering if they're all were right. But he trades Marcus Banks, Mark Blount, Ricky Davis, Justin Greed, and he trades in that uh, Wally Zerbiak uh, to get Wally Zerbiak. And actually, now that I look at it, he got the first-round pick back for Johnny Flynn. He actually gets that. I take it back. He didn't panic and give up a first-round pick. He gave up almost nothing. So, though, here he does it again. Um, I actually had written that down wrong. As I look at it now, it's Olawakandi, Wally Zerbiak in a 2009 first-round pick, which he has, which he will use here to his benefit. So he goes and gets Wally Zerbiak. There's actually no sign of a panic there. I, my notes are wrong. I apologize to Danny on that. And then they, he, he now starts in two, there's, there's, they win 33 games and he's got another year of the rebuild still going. And he makes the first of the key moves. He trades a first round pick. And this is the first of his fleeces. And we'll get you the first of two massive fleeces that allow, or actually, I don't even know. No, I, the second one's not a fleece. The second one's a, a trade of value. The first of his first fleece of three fleeces in his NBA career comes up next as he reads the room perfectly, makes two picks, and then makes the massive move that gets them out of rebuild and on the road to championship. And then he changes from that the way he's making moves. So part one of this, just a little build. And actually, I was wrong there. I thought there was the one panic, which I thought was super interesting, but it actually turns out he gets Wally Zerbiak and a first-round pick for Marcus... For Marcus... uh, I don't remember his name. Where is that trade? There it is. Uh, For Marcus Banks, Mark Blount, Ricky Davis, and Justin Reed, he gives up two second-round picks for Wally Zerbiak and a 2009 first-round pick Actually, he trades back to Minnesota here in a minute, and it could have frankly been Steph Curry, but it would have been all right even if it was. It is Locked on Jazz, a look at Danny Ainge, the first part of his career, the rebuild leading to the championship today. And so far, that rebuild's happening. We're three years into it. He makes the next two massive moves that gets him on that road. They're coming next. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, Located in Logan and in Linden, Murdoch, the family has been with you for over 80 years. Probably not you for 80 years, but with Utah for over 80 years, uh, bringing you high quality. And that's why with the car shortage and everything going on, they're not going to take advantage of it right now and charge you more than MSRP. Instead, they're going to let the great line of cars speak for themselves and make sure that you have a fabulous experience. The Sonata and the Elantra are the two sedans. I'm driving the Sonata right now. It's such a sweet car. And the Elantra was the North American car of the year. The SUV lineup, the big dog is the Palisade. So beautiful. Saw a bunch of those on the road recently. We own two of the Santa Fe's because they were the safest, best value car I could buy for the kids when they weren't very good drivers at 16 years old. Probably not very good at 17 either. Or at 19, frankly. And they uh, also the little Kona that zips around everywhere. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also in Logan and Lynn, if you're going to stop by. Please feel free to email me first. I'll set up a VIP meeting for you. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. It's easy. You pick two to five players, the over-under projections, and you can win up to 10 times an entry. 
It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's daily fantasy made easy, and you'll love it. It's entries made up to 60 seconds or less. Prize picks is safe and otherwise fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on the App Store or the Google Play. Prize picks offers a variety of options. Prize picks offers any prop you can make, points scored, rebounds, even steals. So do it now. For a limited time, Prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer offer for locked on listeners. User gets $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use the NBA code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. The Locked On NBA Big Board is your draft source with Rafael Barlow leading it along with Sam Ferris and Leif Tuline and Richard Stamen all there for you uh, with experts on the draft. This is really funny. If this was not a live show, I actually would have just re-recorded that first segment because I screwed up on that trade. But what's interesting to me about that is when I wrote that down doing the prep last night, I just assumed he had to give up a first-round pick, too. Like, that's actually a total monster deal. The one deal I had highlighted in here, like, thinking he might have panicked at some point, and the opposite. So here's the first fleece. In 2006, he trades. Phoenix has got a salary cap problem. And Phoenix doesn't want to take their pick because they then are guaranteed they have to take it. So he trades a future first-round pick to the Phoenix Suns for Brian Grant and Rajon Rondo. Again, here's the interesting thing about Ainge. Rondo was a two-year player at Kentucky who was an analytics darling. There weren't a lot of things about his game. He couldn't really shoot. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He was an analytics darling. The next pick he makes is a late second round pick. He trades to go get a player in that trade. And it's six foot eight, 240 pound old school Leon Poe. The only thing that's really super interesting here is it's a great second round pick because Poe has a career. But here's a guy who had, at 20 had, was an old freshman at 20, was good, tore his ACL, missed an entire year, then played his next year. So he's 22 years old. And there's Danny taking a old school, non-athletic 22 year old as his next pick and that's where this whole career by Ainge is so interesting to me in the contrast of styles of players he takes at different times so they're bad now they're 24 and 58 their team is 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 you know Wally Zerbiak Paul Pierce Ray John Rondo is a rookie it's a it's a bad group and he makes the two moves of his career He trades, first, he trades the fifth pick of the draft because they were bad, along with Wally Zerbiak, Delonte West, to the Seattle Supersonics for Ray Allen, and they draft Glenn Davis, the big baby. So a few things here that are interesting that, again, are the signature of Ainge's career. One, this is interesting because he's really willing to give something up here. He gives up a a fifth pick of the draft. He gives up Delonte West, who's a decent player, but turns out he has major mental health problems. Maybe Ainge knew it at the time. But that was his 24th pick. It was a fringe piece he picked. He makes the right move and moves his guy, and he gives up Wally Zerbiak. And then he makes the monster deal three days later. And it's Ryan Gomes, player he got as a fringe piece. Gerald Green, a first-round pick that he moves that doesn't pan out, but he gets what is value. Al Jefferson, another one of the first five picks. Theo Ratliff, a fringe PC ad in the past deal. 
Sebastian Telfair, who was a first-round pick with a lot of pizzazz, who he had traded for. He had drafted Randy Foy in the 2006 draft with a seventh pick and traded Randy Foy and Ray LaFrance for Theo Ratliff, Sebastian Telfair, and a future second. He turns those, so he really turns his seventh pick of Randy Foy, his Ryan Gomes, Gerald Green, Al Jefferson, a 2009 first round pick and the of which becomes a good one uh which was Johnny Flynn to Minnesota for Kevin Garnett. He gives up the world for this. It's a lot, but it gets him a championship. But what's interesting is it's all his pieces, right? Gomes was a second round pick added in the backside of a Tony Batie, Kendrick Brown, Eric Williams deal. It didn't seem like it really mattered. Gerald Green was a first-round pick. They took Al Jefferson was one of his first picks. Ratliff and Telfair, I just told you, he's taking these pieces along the way, and he combines them all along with a massively important 2009 first-round pick, which was Minnesota's own, for Johnny Flynn. It's the pick he got in the Wally Zerbiak deal. He also trades his own 2009 first-round pick. There's no lack of value. He gives up three previous first-round picks and two future first-round picks for Kevin Garnett. And now it's on. Now he's built himself a championship caliber team and how he signs players completely pivots at this point. Completely pivots. So this was a rebuild. He took Paul Pierce at 26, made him go through three years of hell, and who knows if in this day and age someone's willing to do that. And he now rebuilds, and now he completely changes the way he signs players and who he gets, and we'll walk through how that works and what those championship teams looked like and what we might be able to learn from that in part one of Danny Ainge's career and what does it mean for the Utah Jazz offseason today. The show today is brought to you by Built Bar. Birthday cake puffs. They are out. And they are available for you. But also, brownie batter puffs are on the market right now. And excuse me while I make an order. Add two of those boxes for me, please. It is the brownie batter puff is out and back. Surprising. Who knew? I did not. I'm so excited. I can't even see straight. And I'm really focusing on placing my order before all of you. Uh, find out about it as well. Brownie batter puffs are absolutely incredible. Birthday cake puffs are also available for you, but it is, I'm, I'm yum. The brownie batter puff, I found this out, is actually the same part of the chocolate brownie, um, the coconut brownie chunk all melted together into one. And the brownie batter puff is out and available and they are collagen infused protein and they are absolutely outstanding. Okay. I'll stop making my order and I'll actually tell you about what makes built so great instead of wasting your time. And I'll just hope that you don't order all of them before I'm done. But I was stunned because I didn't know brownie batter puff was out. Also coconut marshmallow, churro, banana cream pie, all the great things. And we're talking the amazing macros, 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four sugars, and 17 grams of protein. It's all at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 like I am this very second and get 15% off on your order. That's the best promo code you can get anywhere. It's 
all at built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. The number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even more next season's NFL features. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today. Use more mobile device or use your mobile device. Bet Online, where the game starts. Do we finally get NBA back tonight? Boston, Miami tonight. And the line on tonight's game. On Boston against Miami is, I'm going to guess, in Miami. Miami by four? Let's see. What do we have? Let's see. Miami by two. So they really think Boston's better. Oh, that's interesting. Golden State by five over Dallas. Really interesting. All right. Um, I'm so excited. Can I finish that order? I've ordered three boxes. Um, yeah, okay. I'll focus on the show. So here he's got the championship team. And now he changes what he does. He signs 29-year-old Eddie House, 32-year-old, um, 31-year-old James Posey, 32-year-old somebody whose name I, Scott Pollard. And they win a title. And his team building skills at this point are just remarkable. His understanding of like, oh, I need this and this will fit and this will be the piece. And if you look at the championship team, it's pretty fascinating. It's Paul Pierce, which was the key piece at 26, 25 years old. Ray Allen, who we just they just acquired for a number five pick. Kevin Garnett, who he gave up a ton for. Rajon Rondo, who he fleeced Phoenix for. Then it's James Posey, a free agent. Kendrick Perkins from his very first draft. And there's the signature of Ainge. He holds on to the pieces that he knows still fit. So Perkins, who he gets at the very, very beginning, he's moved Ryan Gomes. He's moved Delonte West. He's moved Gerald Green. He's moved Marcus Banks, but he holds Kendrick Perkins. He holds Tony Allen. He holds Rajon Rondo. Pretty incredible ability to understand which pieces are going to fit and which aren't. He signed Sam Cassell. And he has Glenn Davis, who he drafted on the backside of the Ray Allen deal. And that's the bat, That's the championship team. And again, the signature fringe value on the back end of deals to be able to create more value. Recognition of talent, of what players you actually want to keep and not keep. Different style of players. Al Jefferson, a high school youngster. Jail Green, a high school athlete. Tony Allen, a 22-year-old veteran. Leon Poe, a second-round pick that just fit into that championship team with character. Pretty interesting. So they win the title. The next year, Garnett gets hurt. They get knocked out in the second round. And he signs Rasheed Wallace. He also signs a different type of player. He signs Marquise Daniels. Marquise Daniels might not be the type someone you remember, but he was a 6'6", 220 wing who's pretty good defensively. And you see him now signing the type of players that fit into what your team needs. And they lose in the finals. That team is Rondo, Allen, Pierce, Garnett, Perkins at 25. So you're he's actually got 
Rondo's at 23, Pierce at 32, Allen at 35, Garnett at 33, Perkins is at 25, and he has, he's just kind of piecing this thing together with his different, and Rasheed Wallace at 35, Daniel House is still on that roster. Not a lot of changes, just subtle, tiny ones. He drafts Avery Bradley in the 2020 draft, which was a pretty darn good pick in the 19th pick. His previous drafts, by the way, there's really, there's no pick in 36. He's got the 30th and the 60th pick, and there's no draft after the championship. He, they don't have a pick in 2008. So 2010, he goes back to the drafting, and he signs eight drafts, Avery Bradley with a 19th pick, which is another monster win. He signs Jermaine O'Neal. He signs Shaq. He actually brings back Jeff Green, um, and they end up losing. Uh, they go back to the NBA Finals. Then they end up losing to the Heat in five in 2011. Then the lockout year, they lose in seven. He drafts in the 2012 draft is a draft that he's been criticized a great deal for. Jared Sullinger, 21st, and uh, Tab Mello, Fab Mello, 22nd. If you go back and look at that draft, there's actually nobody next. And this is the other signature of Danny Ainge's kind of drafting and in, in career is that he doesn't always hit, but he really doesn't miss. So Sullinger went 21 and Fab Mello went 22. And they neither of them panned out. Mello played just six games. The next picks are John Jenkins, Jarrett Cunningham, Tony Roten, Miles Plumley, Arnett Moultrie, Perry Jones, Marcus Teague. He didn't miss. He didn't hit, but he didn't miss. And that's the next, that's the other signature on Danny Ainge's drafting. He doesn't always hit, but he doesn't miss. Draymond went later in that draft, but the Warriors passed on him once first too. So before you, you know, I didn't, I'm not ignoring that fact, but he was drafted like 20 picks later. Avery Bradley was the 19th pick of that draft. The next picks after Avery Bradley were James Anderson, Craig Brackens, Elliot Williams, Trevor Booker, Damian Jones, who played 39 games, not the center, Dominique Jones and Quincy Pondexter. Like he, that's an incredible hit. Avery Bradley was the last player on that board that had any value and Danny nailed it. Then Ray Allen leaves in free agency. Rajon Rondo plays just 38 games. They lose in the first round. He trades Doc Rivers. And we venture into stage two, stage three, rebuild number two of Danny Ainge's career. And it's pretty interesting because it might be a better indicator of what he does with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert than what we just looked at. Do you believe that you have With Paul, can you do the same thing he did with Paul Pierce with Donovan Mitchell? But to do that, your 2003, your dividend is 2007. Do you think that you have four years of patience from Donovan Mitchell to live through a rebuild? I'd say no. But is maybe the better model to look at what he did as he dismantled the championship team and the NBA finals team trading Doc Rivers and then moving on from Kevin Garnett 
and Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo in building what might be the Celtics' second championship team and regular Eastern Conference final team. We'll look at that tomorrow as we look at Danny Ainge's career and try to parlay what it means. But right now what we've seen is fringe value. We've seen different types of players. We've seen perfect recognition of his own players on who to keep and who to let go. And we've seen the ability to not always hit, but almost never miss in an NBA draft. Not to mention the ability, willingness to give up value to get value back in that Kevin Garnett and those Ray Allen deals. That's the signature of part one of Danny Ainge's career. We'll look at part two tomorrow. This is Locked On Jazz. Now make Locked On NBA Big Board your second listen. Have a great day.